everybody, and welcome to a mini-episode for What Will We Watch. My name's Will, and we're doing a new thing this week. You know I like to throw in new uh, new concepts for mini-episodes, and this one is Pitch It. It's a parlor game where a guest and I improvise movie pitches using prompts we pulled at random. Joining me this week is co-creator of this game, Fraser McLean. Why, hello. Mm, happy to be here and happy to pitch some movies. Yeah. So, uh, how have you been, man? Oh, you know, you want to make small talk after we've been talking for an hour and make it look like this is natural, like we've just sat down? Fine. I've been... <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so if you want to start pulling cards, we can uh, we can start playing. Sweet. I'll start with my premise card. I'm going to grab my phone for a timer really quickly. Okay. This story takes place in the semi-future. We open up in a completely overcrowded prison. It's kind of like today's American prisons, but dialed up to the worst. There's overcrowded population in the prison system, and it's obvious that it's just even more for money and a for-profit institution than it ever has been. We start on our main character, Benny's first day in prison, and we immediately see that Benny is blind and he's entering this new prison system and from the quick judge from the guards he might be in for something more than what we're used to in the prison system he like little things like he's being interviewed by camera crews almost like a, a reality tv show documentary as he's coming in and getting changed and getting used to the prison lifestyle and shown his new cell as it pulls back and as soon as he gets situated, it the camera crew cuts back to the rest of the prison and it starts up like a Thunderdome-like game show and it introduces the prison as a game show where the inmates have to fight for their lives. And instead of having a machine that kills people like on death row, the inmates have to fight in a cage match setting and instead of having a machine that kills them, there's a machine that will bring them all back alive, except for the first man killed. So essentially, every inmate is on death row, if they're the weakest. And Benny is just realizing that this is the prison he is in. And he's probably at a massive disadvantage, because he's blind. And he knows that his, his cage match is coming up soon and he sees other ones happening every day and it's kind of a lottery to see if you're going to be in it or not. And he's worried. He doesn't have any fighting behind him. He doesn't know what to do. And he's kind of a pariah because no one wants to make friends with a blind man in a fighting ring. He's not going to last a day. But quickly, an older inmate starts to befriend him and starts to show him small acts of kindness, which Benny doesn't first, doesn't first really trust because he's in prison. But slowly this guy gains his trust and says that he pities Benny and that he can help show him to fight because he's a wrestler and it doesn't matter if you're blind with your wrestling as long as you can get hold of someone. So there's like a Rocky-like training montage of this older inmate training blind Benny to fight. And finally Benny's name gets pulled and he survives his first match. And we slowly see Benny go from this blind sort of tubby loner to this chiseled badass prison inmate and he always fights with a blindfold on a white blindfold and it often gets covered in blood as we 
have him fighting in almost like a Valhalla-like fighting uh, scenes where it's really gritty and you can hear like the smack of every punch. As we're seeing him survive this world and his sense is starting to come up, we have there's a thing in the prison where if you win a certain amount of fights, you can get your freedom. Yeah. So, like, the last man standing has a chance to get his freedom, and everyone else, like, unless you're the first person dead, you just come back alive. And as the show gains popularity, they start changing this, the stakes, where everybody who goes in who dies stays dead, and only one person who survives gains their freedom. And Benny gets chosen for the lottery. And so does his older, his older uh, friend, who's been teaching him and training him. And they're standing in the cage match together. And before the bell rings off, they're talking. And Benny's like, I can't do this. And so through the fight, the two of them team up and are helping to take down everybody else in the fight. And they're picking off the inmates one at a time. And they're getting through it. And then eventually, it's just the two of them left. And the other man, the older gentleman, kneels down and surrenders. And Benny's like, I can't do this. I can't take your life. And Benny's like, son, it's okay. And you realize that it's his father. <laughs> and Benny's father couldn't take seeing his blind son. He's been blind from birth and doesn't know who his father looks like. Uh, couldn't take him dying in the prison riot. So he took it under himself to train him. <laughs> and you can see it. And they actually look quite a lot alike. But Benny can never put it together because he's blind. <laughs> and from then on, it, it goes to more vignette style. And you see him like... It's one of those things where like you don't see the moment of him killing his father and taking that like being that horrible but you know it's happened and you see him going off and walking in the victor's corridor but just so devastated and you see him gaining his freedom but at what cost mm. wow i i did not see that twist coming <laughs> and the story is called benny the bulldog great title i was gonna ask for a title great title now I do have some questions for you. Oh, please, please. I can tell this comes from a deep place in you. Oh, I've spent many weeks putting thought into these characters. Yeah, it, it seems personal. Um, now, are these, is this hand-to-hand combat? Are there weapons involved? Very much hand-to-hand combat. If you've seen the movie Valhalla, it's much like, uh, like almost like mud fighting. Where mm-hmm. it's just sort of We're doing mud like, wrestling, sort of like more like a Fight Club rules. So like, okay. no shirts, no jewelry. Like mud. instead of first man to tap out, it's first man to like die. Okay. Um. So it's it's very that's gruesome. Like, bare knuckle boxing, lock, stock, two smoking barrels, like gritty fighting. It's not not going to be any sort of like flashy fighting. Not going to be someone getting hit in the face 20, 30 times. It's going to be realistic, like snatch fighting or the raid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ah, that's that's gonna be gruesome. That's gonna be really, really hard to watch. I and like I'm it. excited to see. Like, I'm picturing the the Thunderdome cage. If you were yeah. all the walls be made out of the other prison uh, oh. inmate cells, so if you get to the side, they can maybe grab you or screw with you. So it's like they're always part of the Thunderdome. Even that's if messed not up. Yet. That's yeah. really messed up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, who are you feeling for the lead? Who's who? Who are you feeling for the bulldog? I would really like someone like Miles Teller, someone mm. who like you wouldn't really think like he doesn't look overtly badass at all. He's one of those people who looks kind of like an everyman, but he has the grits to him. And it's mm. someone who like it's really more of like 
the, the probably in this movie there's going to be the term like it's not the size of the dog in the fight it's the size of the fight in the dog mm. and i really want to see that this is like one of those scrappy underdog characters that is just like he's making this like he's getting this done because it's the only option he has to him i love so it i don't want to see some like huge jason statham or some like muscle monster it needs to be some like smaller dude who could be just like the any man yeah and he was in christopher walken for the uh the evil warden oh i thought you were gonna say dad i was like it's not gonna be a fight (laughs) at the end if it's christopher walken no his dad's gonna be someone i'm picturing someone like probably old school english doesn't talk very much like a lot more kind of like a not a brute but more of like kind of like a rambo sort of guy Mm -hmm. more of like you just gotta do it you just gotta like like he's he has a lot of like really good lessons and whatnot could we do sylvester stallone maybe like 30 years ago okay so not okay not miles teller's dad okay no no Um, i haven't thought of one for that yet but someone who like we would recognize as a badass does he have a life on the outside i want the outside life to be something that's like not really alluded to too much like the only way we see outside world is through the eyes of the game show Mm -hmm. because i want it to seem that it's quite like semi-future maybe like 100 or 150 years in the future so he's not trying to get out to go to anyone he's just trying to get out to like survive it's more of like a death race you know how for them it's like there's there's you're not even really thinking past being free because just getting free is such a thing what crime did he commit to get in he kind of made that a little mysterious yeah i was hoping that 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 either could stay mysterious the whole time because i i've in my guts it was something like he probably went to he did something like really horrible Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure I want to reveal that because it might like make you humanize the character in a negative way. Okay. Yeah. Either that, that or like something to do with maybe trying to find his father. Like he get got landed there because he broke into like an agency to try to find out who his father was, and like yeah. that could give his father motivation to help him. But build that a little more. The uh, mm-hmm. that he's missing is his father. Okay. Yeah. So it's Benny the Bulldog. I'm going to give it a, a thumbs up. I'm giving it a green light. Ooh, ooh, and a green light from Kyle as well. Kyle's giving it a green light too. Dude, you got the man in the booth behind you. That's some nice. serious power. Well, would you like me to read out my cards? I'd love it. Inmates start a prison game show. He is the long lost father. He has a long lost father. Sorry. The main character is blind. A machine brings back the dead. Wow. <laughs> oh wow you really put that together yeah that works almost seamlessly that was the thing i put them down i was like that's fine we're just that's the that's the story right there (laughs) wow that's crazy dude good work man originally Um, i was gonna riff off the fact that it was the original like electric chair from the green mile. And the reason it can bring people back from the dead is because it killed the guy who can bring people back from the dead. <laughs> He's haunting it. Exactly. That's a but fun idea. I thought that was too much of a like stretch. That's such a bizarre idea. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you could, that could make, make sense. You know, like this chair that does it and they don't really know why. <laughs> Three minutes is up. Well, uh, I'm very excited about the story that I have to tell you today. I uh, I came up with it, and I've been just developing this, this for a couple years. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> um, we open up in 
New York City. In Brooklyn, uh, there is this, um, there is this kind of like, uh, shut in young woman, early twenties. We see that her life is very empty of any human connection. Most of her connection is online with other people through video games. Um, she's very intense with her phone. She just kind of tries to ignore the world around her. But what you see she really wants is friends and family. And we learn she doesn't have this because she's an orphan. She grew up without any siblings, without anyone to really love her. And uh, it's kind of maintained into her early 20s. When one day she's walking around and she finds a purse on the street. And she opens it. There's a wallet inside. And she she looks. And the driver's license. It's not a name she recognizes, but the photo she recognizes. It's a photo of her. And she's like, how is that possible? Like, the hair's different, but that is identical to me. So, being the curious person she is, we find out that she's also, like, a uh, an online reporter um, who works for, like, BuzzFeed or something. So, she's like, great, this would be a good story. So, she hunts down, she finds out the address, she goes there, and, uh, and she knocks on the, the door, and no one's home. There's no one, like, she knocks for a long time, no one answers. Uh, no one comes to the door. She waits there for a couple hours. No one comes in. And then uh, and then, as she's walking out of the building, someone comes up to her and grabs her on, on the shoulder. She turns around, and it's an identical image of herself. And she's bizarre. And she's like, hi, hi, uh, hi, hi. And they're both startled at each other. And it turns out that they're that they were both orphans. Both their parents, they learned, died in a skiing accident, but they just went to different orphanages. Um, the 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 other girl was adopted by a British family, and um, and went into like um, and went into um, like great, uh, great private schools and went to some great, uh, un, 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 universities and she has a great life. She looks awesome. She brings her up to her house. It's a really nice apartment. And then as they're kind of like sipping wine, just kind of going over their lives and how different they are, glass breaks. And the other sister spins around. Let's call her Jane. Uh, Jane spins around and she's like, we need to go. And just as Jane says, we, we need to go. Our hero is like, but I haven't finished my what? And smoke fills the apartment as Jane grabs her by the shoulder, throwing her through a hatch in the floor as they shoot down this tunnel into the basement of, of the apartment. Uh, and they hear gunfire behind them in in the apartment when they land our hero looks around and sees that they're in some like bat some like a uh, <laughs> bat cave like like uh basement 
garage, and there is a sick ass car directly in front of them. She looks around, she sees guns on on the wall, she sees gadgets on tables, and Jane looks at her and is like, they found us, we need to run. They followed you, probably. And (laughs) they jump in this car, uh, Jane hits a button, the car goes invisible, and then they blast through a door, and they're out onto, onto the road. There are cars chasing them, firing at them as they weave through through the streets, eventually losing them. And Jane explains that she is on a mission. She is an undercover agent, similar to James Bond, and she is chasing this uh, this one tech billionaire who has released uh, this kind of digital this kind of digital wavelength through your phones that creates a uh, a a um a dopamine effect in your brain to make you docile so it's like a digital drug almost that he is using to create a tool of mass mind control over the population but not only over the population of America but over the population of the world so it basically turns into a fun James Bond movie, but with two sisters, where one is kind of learning the ropes while the other one is super well-versed, but they have this kind of connection with completely different backgrounds as they go through and uh, and have to, like, enter the evil villain's lair and destroy the machine, and uh, and and they fight the main bad guy, who's kind of like this Mark Zuckerberg type. Uh, and obviously he has some fun henchmen and, uh, and then at the end they, they kind of defeat him, destroy the machine. And we end with, with our hero finding a family, finding connection and finding an actual purpose in life, which is, uh, she documents her sister's missions and they travel around together. <laughs> and that's the end. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So a few questions. Yeah. Uh, does it ever reveal who the two sisters are working for? Like if they're working for a private person or a company or... Yeah, so they're working for um, for the uh, CIA. And they're kind of a very secret group of, uh, of special agents. Okay. And yeah. uh, in the beginning, you didn't really give much detail on... How she was raised. You said she was an orphan. You didn't really have any people in her life, but she wasn't like raised on the streets or anything, was she? She was raised in an orphanage till she was about eighteen, mm. and uh, and then went out and she she entered in school and she was just she's kind of had a very uh, solemn I life see, I see. from going to school to just living alone. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well. The twins. Are you thinking you're going to get them to be one actor playing both? Or are you going to try to actually cast people that can pass as twins? So this is going to be interesting. Um, We could do the one actor as both. I think... I don't think we're going to have a great shot at finding... It's going to be a pretty big property. And I don't know if we can um, actually put in the money on two unknown actors in order to do this. So I think if we did the social network um, 
face swapping onto on on a body double, I think that would be the ideal. Role. Interesting. You don't think it would be that way? We could more expensive to do that rather than just paying unknown salaries. Um, we're talking about this is the potential for a massive franchise. I'm not talking about this as a sole movie. I'm talking about this as a bigger franchise. And so if we can get a large name actor in the main role, then we're going to bring in, we're going to bring people well, in. Asses in seats. Can you think of an actor that you could suggest to us that could pull off that breadth of character to be able to play them both? I'm loving two people, okay? I wrote it for Natalie Portman, but I feel like she might be, she's more um, old, like she, th- this, this character should be early 20s. So I'm also thinking, uh, I don't know her name, but the main, she played Tomb Raider, and she also played uh, the robot in Ex Machina. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, she's quite good. I, th- I think she, she I, her, her in Tomb Raider, she can really rule an action, action flick. Oh, you want to read me your cards? <laughs> uh, the protagonist finds a wallet on the street of their long-lost identical twin and sets out to find them. Wow, that's pretty specific premise. Invent a drug. So that's the digital drug. Include a superhero. James Bond. Vehicle turns invisible. James Bond car. Jane Jane Blonde James car. Blonde car. <laughs> James Bond car. Any other questions for me? No, those are all of them. Well, I'm going to give that a green light. I think we need some more kick-ass female action spy thrillers. And I'd love to see one that has a twofer. All right. Um, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, it was. Thank you for having me, and I'm excited to do this again soon and to play this hopefully in person soon. And that's our episode for this week. Thank you again to Fraser McLean. Thank you to all of you for listening. If you'd like to play Pitch It yourself, you can find all the rules and even a PDF of the cards that we play with on my website, willamoslin.com. Please join us again next week and enjoy yourself. Goodbye. Goodbye.